Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that doctor, homie. Fuck that. Black me. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, Jake Morris. Uh, I've been watching too much wrestling again, guys, and by too much, I always mean at all. Um, so, yeah, I, I watched a GCW show last weekend, GCW show this weekend. Um, so I'm going to get into the GCW show from last weekend. Uh, I figure I'll, co- I'll cover a couple things before I do that. Um I just get into that type of thing, but, uh, yeah, uh, I should be, I, I would imagine pretty short show, but then again, who knows? I, I got a couple things to go over. So, um, first things first, um, there was some, uh, you know, this, this fucking outrage culture, apparent outrage on, uh, the casting of the new cats play movie, whatever you want to fucking call it. It's a movie adaptation of the play Cats. Um, apparently, they cast the black woman as a white cat. And that's bad, apparently. I, I don't fucking know. Um, 
you know, so many times we're taking this this route like, oh, well, you know, you should be able to cast, uh, you know, a black person for any kind of role. It doesn't have to be, you know, specifically black stereotypical role or, uh, you know, a Latin stereotypical role. It doesn't need to be, you know, an Asian in an Asian stereotypical role. You should be able to cast any ethnicity in any role on any platform. So when you guys, and I just, I, by you guys, I mean this fucking society, this pussy society, ironically, because we're talking about cats, but this fucking shit society that we've created, and we, not having me to be included in that at all, but that's been created, I should say. When you create a way to be offended about the same thing that you would have pulled for if you were actually about equality. I, I, I don't, I don't understand. I, I don't know what you can do. I don't think you can be satisfied at this point. Um, the false outrage has gotten to be too fucking much, you know, it, it's, it's unreal, uh, you know, and I just like, I get so fucking angry at the outrage, not, not even choosing a side over things. When you look at all the facts that are on the table and then you go like, wait, people are fucking mad. Like, fuck those people. Fuck those people. You know? I don't know. I just, it just gets on my nerves. Uh, I just just wanted to quick mention that because uh, I just I just hope these fucking people leave the planet soon. I, I really need this fucking hypersensitive fucking society to level out. In some way, shape, or form. I need it to go back to how it was. I'm not saying eh, it needs to go back, you know, 50 years or any kind of crazy, you know, shit like that. That, you know, had some actual dangerous thinking tied to it. I mean, just go back to where you could live fucking life and hate can be hate. Not like, okay, I know that they said something positive. But within that positive statement, I found something I think I'm offended by. And I think we should march. Like, <laughs> I think you should all fucking gather and march off a motherfucking cliff. Or off the end of a fucking pier with cinder blocks as in your backpacks. You know, um, I've just had enough. Fuck these people. Um, so, let's just get into this fucking wrestling and... and uh, some more things that I just... I have such limited tolerance for so many things. Um, let me see if I could find it. I should have pulled that up beforehand, right? You're listening to the wrong show if you wanted uh, preparation. Okay. So... Frankie Picard. You know, I, I have long discussed on the show how, to me, Frankie Picard is an absolute joke. Um, he resembles ashy larry he's built like that and he's just he's one of dj's fucking students that has been given this sense of entitlement um he's been given opportunities he never deserved the czw wired title for what that's worth i know it's it's held by um you know what looks like a 13 year old white girl that listens to hip-hop at the moment, but 
at some point, DJ was trying to put over his wired, um, well, I should say, his uh, Dojo Wars product and his students. So he did a little belt trade deal with Shane Strickland, where Shane dropped it to Frankie, won it back from Frankie, just to kind of move the title around and show a little bit of, like, those young guys, those students' names on the belt as being, you know, oh, look, these guys are up and coming. You know, they're they're making some waves. He put them on some, some main shows, and every time he completely flopped. His offense all looks like shit. He's got a bunch of unfinished-looking stuff. It looks like he's in the beginning of getting moves down. And his body just overall looks like shit. I've always said that Frankie just looks like he's preparing for a barbecue, not a fucking wrestling match. Um, I've heard several times, and this is just such a consistent thread. Oh, he's a nice guy. Oh, you know, he's such a nice guy. Yeah, he's a nice guy, though. Fuck the nice guy shit, you know? Because that's what it is. Everybody's a nice guy, so now you can't say shit about him. You know, and then everybody's a nice guy, so you don't want to say shit about the guy who who isn't any good. But I don't want to be the guy to say it because he's a nice guy. And if I if I say something that that's not nice, then I'm not a nice guy. And everyone wants to be a nice guy. Well, all I want to fucking do is be the honest guy. And that's something that seems to be very hard to stomach, especially in this PC super hypersensitive fucking society. I'm not with it. I don't want to be a nice guy. I just want to be fucking truthful. And a lot of real fucking shit that needs to be said isn't nice. That That's just, that's just a stance I've taken. Um, so let it, let it be what it be. So anyway, on Frankie Picard's page, someone sent this to me. Now, mind you, another wrestler who is also laughing at Frankie Picard sent this to me because again, a lot of people know I'll be the guy to say the thing that they want to say, but they don't want to be the bad guy. But fuck it, you know? So he posted, So I hear a lot of people always say, you are so good as a wrestler or you're so underrated and promoters should use you because you're very talented. When I come out, the fans cheer. But people always ask, what people ask me the most is, if I wasn't a if I wasn't black, would promoters use you more? That's a good question. And he you know, put that emoji with the hand on the chin thing. Now people are like, Oh, fucking going in. White people don't want to feel inferior to you, a black man having talent makes them big scared and all this other fucking bullshit. So again, after I was sent this I said, all right, well, I guess I got to go get him, you know, because, uh, you know, if, if this is what Frankie decides to believe, if Frankie buys into the bullshit he's being fucking told, if, if he, he eats that victim mentality up and he sits there and goes, yep, being held back, it's fucked up what they do to the black man. This is bullshit, man. I'm, I, I'm everything I should be. Well, that's a fucking lie. He's lying to himself and he's depriving himself of a chance. Not because he's not, not because he's black, not because all oh, the promoters are looking at his color. Bullshit. Bullshit. So I went in. I uh, 
posted on his page. And mind you, we're not friends, so this came completely out of left field to Frankie. Uh, so I said, uh, no one says that. You're terrible. You can keep naming yourself after video game characters and pretending you can get into... Uh, or pre- Oh, Jesus Christ. Let me start over. No one says that. You're terrible. You can keep naming yourself after video game characters and pretending, or you can get in the gym and try to look like you care. You've looked completely out of shape your entire time in the business. I know people in the business of all colors that don't take you seriously. Race has nothing to do with your trash work ethic. So dude responds, wow, bro. And then he said, I I said people keep saying that. I didn't say it was racist, but you should tell the people that have been asking me the question. Asking the question to me. I said, you're out here agreeing, man. Stop playing yourself. No legitimate talent is telling that you're being held back. Remember when they gave your green ass the wire title from Strickland? I guess he's being held back too now. Oh, wait, nah, he worked his ass off and got signed. Um, so that that prompted him to delete the whole fucking post. Um, first, just the comment thread where I, you know, started saying that. And then, uh, in turn, the whole post. So then he, he private messaged me and says, dude, what the hell's your problem? I never came at you. I don't even know you, but it's just something I was thinking because a lot of people keep saying that and I didn't agree. Oh, and I didn't face Strickland. I face fact. And, uh, I said, nah, it's just facts. I'm telling you, you're delusional. You couldn't handle the truth, so you deleted it all. He said, I deleted it because I didn't want there to be a war, but I don't know what you have against me. I don't even know you. I said, I think you're a joke. Other people sent it to me because they're laughing at you. He goes, really? So how long you been wrestling? Now, let me just stop right there. And I responded to him. I said, no, no, I'm not a wrestler. I'm a 41-year-old man in better shape than you'll ever be. Because here's the thing, man. Here's another one of these classic fucking wrestler defenses where they go, okay, since you know so much, how long you've been wrestling? Uh, show me some of your best matches. I don't need to be a fucking wrestler to judge a piece of shit wrestler. I don't. I don't need to fucking be a wrestler to look at your match and go, this match is trash. You know how I know that? The same way you wouldn't judge my qualifications if I told you it was the best thing I ever saw. If I told you that was a five-star fucking match, oh, you fucking... Thanks so much. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, you put a lot of credence in the shit that said good about you. But as soon as someone goes, man, you didn't even come close with that dropkick. Oh, shit. What do you know about dropkicks? When's the last time you laced up boots? I mean, I don't know. You came fucking three feet away from the guy and landed on your back, and he had to, like, jump to the mat, and it didn't even look good. Oh, boy. Oh, fucking Matt Technician here. Like, no, dude. I don't have to be a wrestler. So, it's one of those uh, attempts at, oh, well, well so you, you with your wrestling ability. Stop. It, it makes every one of you motherfuckers that try to pull that shit look stupid as hell. Because either you're talented enough to fucking pop the fans, or you're horrible enough where even a fan can see, 
holy shit, something went way wrong there because you were going for something and I didn't fucking buy it. You have to sell the fans on what you're putting out there. And if you, it's, you're not selling them on that, you're not doing your fucking job. It's plain and simple. I know that that's really hard to swallow because it'd be way easier if everyone just clapped like fucking seals and kept their mouth shut when you fucked up and hoped for the best. But that's not fucking reality. I mean, maybe it is to, you know, a good group of fans. The people that, that attend fucking student shows will probably pe- keep pretty quiet for you, you know? But last I checked, uh, you know, Captain Dave put up that there was fucking 12 or 14 people at, at the Dojo War show a couple weeks ago, you know? And, and this is Frankie Picard, a guy who went on the, uh, the, the old Deathmatch Russell podcast and said that, like, he quit CZW because he wasn't getting his shine and, and he, he deserved better and and he could he could accomplish more. Dude, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. This, this is crazy. This is just that crazy mentality he's got. And a lot of guys got, because they're not being fucking told the truth. So then he goes, oh, okay, I'm glad you're in better shape. And I said, prove me wrong, Frankie. Go bust your ass and make something out of yourself. And now he turned his tide. He said, thanks, brother. I really needed that. And I said, all right. And he goes, I needed to hear that. And you're right. And I said, dude, I give credit where credit is due. Everyone is trying to be a victim instead of stepping up. Do your thing, man. I will. Thanks, brother. Hey, you're okay in my book. I needed that push. And then he said, uh, and I said, I hope it helps. I really do. I don't talk shit just to talk shit, but there's a pretty clear answer to why you're not being booked more. You're young, man. Make moves. And, and that's the way I truly feel. When people are out there acting and looking like slouches and other people are going, yo, they're holding you back. You're fucking awesome. No, you're not fucking awesome. And that, that's the that's the number one reason why you're not doing well. There's guys of all shapes, colors, creeds in fucking NXT doing this uh, AEW experiment. A Ring of Honor. I, you know, TNA. Motherfuckers are out there. So when it becomes like you and your friends are patting each other on the back and go, no, no, man. No, you don't understand. Like, you're the best. And they're just haters. Everyone's haters. If fucking, you know, it's bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. Stop believing the fucking lies. Step your fucking game up. Make it so no one could deny how fucking hard you're working. That, that's what you should do. You should make it so everybody who looks at your shit can go, that motherfucker works hard. I don't know what the fuck's wrong. With these promoters not, not taking a look at what he's doing. You know? And whether it be your work ethic, which which it should be number one for all of these guys out there. If you go out there and you're fucking training your ass off. And you're showing that you're fucking putting in time in the gym. You're trying not to eat like fucking trash. You're trying to do some shit to look and fucking perform like an athlete. And maybe you got some ring rust or you got some, you know... uh some things you need to work on, but you're attending seminars, you're doing this, you're doing that. And these guys are noticing, man, this guy is really putting in a lot of time and effort to try to um, perfect his craft, to try to really get somewhere, to try to better himself on a regular basis. Like I've always said, when it comes down to training, um, you know, the way I've, I've um, like trained my mentality is that, you should only compete against yourself. You should be your own competition at all times, and you'll you'll always make progress because you can always do better than you've done before. Always. 
Or, you know, you could fall back and just compare yourself to other people. You know, which will either put you in a complacent state where you go, oh, well, that big fat motherfucker, I'm, I'm out working him every day. Or you'd be looking at big jacked motherfuckers who live in the gym and you'd just be like, oh, I'll never be as strong as that guy. Fuck it, why try? Or again, you focus on your own shit and you continue to accomplish things. You you continue to leap over your previous accomplishments and your previous goals and records and all of those things. But again, that's reality. That That's not me just shitting on people, just shit on people. But when people are coming out as fucking students with half a chip on their shoulder and a why, why am I not getting opportunities when the motherfuckers barely been in the business and they look like shit walking in. Well, no, I'm not going to have a good attitude or, or, um, any kind of, uh, tolerance towards you building and growing in the business when you're already complacent, you guys show up complacent and then decide that someone owes you something. And that's bullshit. That's that's this society bleeding into the fucking wrestling business, which is half of the reason why wrestling is shit now. So that's that's that. I you know again, I wish the kid the best, but when people start talking fucking crazy and delusional and and being held back and all that, like I, I gotta speak up. And again, I'm not even on his fucking friends list, so it, it takes someone else to go look at this asshole. And they go, fucking, all right, let me hop over there and say some, say some shit. This is probably going to hurt his feelings, but it's it's it doesn't line up with anybody else in his fucking thread. It's like, oh, Frank, you keep your head up. You're the man. You're fucking awesome. Oh, you work too hard to be held back. And it's just fucking, you know, and you start speaking facts. And first it's like, what the fuck? And, and you know. And a few lines into this fucking conversation, he goes, oh, well. I needed that push, man. I needed to hear that. Wow. That that was a quick turn. So I might, maybe I'm not such a jerk off, you know? I mean, the jury's out. But um Yeah, I, and he is a nice kid. He's definitely a nice kid. No question about it. But again, like when you're looking at video games and you know, you're from your Frankie Picard. Next thing you know, you're the god of war, Frankie Picard. Like, all right, guy, the god of war. Come on, man. Your appearance doesn't strike fear into anybody. That shit doesn't fit your persona at all. I seen the god of war video game, and you don't look anything like that. And again, man, you you could you could cast somebody of any race, color, creed. Into a, a, a role, but uh, fit the fucking role for Christ's sakes. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. So that's that's uh the Frankie Picard uh, spiel I got. Um, Ian is uh, Ian of IWA Mid South, Ian Rotten. He is um, taking on a new marketing campaign of putting tits and ass next to his show flyers um which to me is just funny i mean it's you know i mean it it definitely got some complete silliness to it because i mean he doesn't know these women he's definitely gonna have five to ten drunken rednecks at every show going where's that girl at ian i want to marry that girl i showed up just for her and ian's gonna tell him every time i don't know her buddy sit down watch the fucking matches 
you know, um, it's kind of funny to me, um, kind of grasping at straws, you know, it's the same token. I, I mean, they've always said sex sells and, you know, that old, uh, t-shirt or whatever it was. Cause well before memes showed up, there was, you know, fucking novelty t-shirts and things of that nature and signs. And, um, you'd see the ones that says like sex. Now that I've got your attention, let me talk to you about the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, like <laughs> shit like that. And that's, that's kind of the route he's going there. So to me, it's, it's kind of comedic. Um, I, I surely don't take offense to it. I'm sure if the uh, Instagram models who he's using to promote his shows caught wind of it, maybe they'd have like a, they'd spill their latte, but um, I don't know. Um, yeah, he seems to like cut their faces out of it too. So it's not like directly, you know, doing their thing or whatever. I don't know. Um, what's funnier about that to me is I, someone brought, uh, again, another pro- brought that to my attention because Ian had deleted me off of Facebook um, a while back when I disagreed with him about the King of Kings tournament, King of All Kings or whatever the fuck tournament. Um, so when someone brought that to my attention, I went on his page because it was public and uh, I just hit like a laugh emoji on one of his fucking, uh, (laughs) I hit a laugh emoji on one of his fucking, uh, posts with the, with the thing. Um, if I'm a little choppy here and there, it's because I'm also watching, um, I I'm watching the ICW show in the background on the uh, computer over here. So, and Danny DeMano just walked out in wrestling gear. So, which is why I paused and laughed a little bit. And, um, yeah, uh, Marco stunts in the ring and now Danny DeMano is out here. Um, I am going to get a very, I don't know, man. Like I've been hoping for Marco to be escorted out of the business by several different people. Um, in the past two weeks has been Nick Gage and then uh, Chris Dickinson. And neither one of those people put him out of the business. I'll talk about the matches later on. But um, Damano is one of the least professional people I've seen in the ring. So if, if someone is going to legitimately drop this kid on his head, it's probably Danny Damano. I'm not sure who the girl he just walked in the ring with is um she definitely looks like someone from like early 90s or mid 90s fucking uh independent wrestling but uh i don't know um yeah i'm not i'm not sure who that is but um where the fuck was i so yeah well, what's funny to me back to the ian thing is so i hit the laugh emoji on the thing and like a few hours later, I get a friend request for me and Rotten. <laughs> so uh, I accept it because, again, I'm not the guy who deleted him. Uh, he deleted me. So I accepted it. I gave it like a day. And then I uh, sent him a message and said, hey, like, uh, what, what made you add me back on here? And he said, uh, I like you, LOL. And I said, all right, LOL, and gave the shrug emoji. So, uh, I'm not sure how long it'll be before Ian deletes me again, but I am almost positive that is almost inevitable. I hope to have him back on the show again before that, 
because I mean, I have a lot to fucking ask him right now. I mean, there's there's definitely a lot for me to talk to Ian Rotten about. I've always been very respectful, and, and I'll keep it in a, in a respectful tone. Although I have some things to to question him on on you know his, his choices in in various manners, and and obviously, you know the things that his son is up to right now that I, I believe he doesn't agree with. So I, I think the next um, show that I do with Ian should be pretty entertaining. Um, I, I feel the other shows I've done with Ian are very entertaining too. He's always had a lot to to add. He has a lot of knowledge of the business. Um, he always has. He's been around for a long, long time. So, uh, you know, regardless of what you could say about Ian Rotten, um, he's booked some of the most talented, famous people in the business. A lot of the people came through Ian Rotten's doors before they actually hit the WWE you know, your CM Punks and Chris Heroes and all those guys. And, you know, these, these were, you know, guys who were Ian Rotten guys before anybody else. And, you know, the things that the King of the Deathmatch did to put Deathmatch Wrestling on the map in, in the United States, the things that the Ted Petty Tournament did to put wrestling tournaments, uh, independent wrestling tournaments on the map in the United States, tremendous. And And no one could ever take anything away from him in that aspect. That's why I've always given him the respect to have an interview with me at any given time. I, I've had Ian on, and that's something I always enjoyed. You know, there'd be something going on, and Ian would hit me up and be like, dude, can I get on the show talk about that? I'm like, yeah, fuck. So come on, we bullshit for a while. I always enjoyed that. So I'm hoping we can um, restore that that order and, and have that rapport again because um, uh, he's a polarizing figure, whether it be people hating him, whether people liking him, or, or just knowing the history that he's had and – you know, been involved in, in the business. So, um, that's, that's that. I just found that like the funniest way for him to be re-adding me is me laughing at something he was doing, but you know, I, I guess it is what it is. I'm just watching again. I'm trying to keep my train of thought while I'm watching Danny DeMano watch, uh, Marco stunt, I guess, cut a promo on him and he's nodding and he's got that silly look on his face. And, uh, I'm, I'm not really sure what the fuck's happening here. Um, I don't know how long they're going to allow this fucking Marco stunt uh, experiment to go on on the independent circuit, but I would imagine as long as he wants to hang around until he gets fucking critically injured and then someone, you know, cries about how terrible it is and poor guy and go fund me or whatever. But I mean, his parents are at all the shows. So I imagine they're going to pay for his like, near paralysis or whatever ends up happening to this poor little kid. But what can you do? Yeah, I don't know. Whoever the um okay, the blonde chick that um Danny DeMano came out that's built like Joey Janela, uh she just smacked him. He hit her back and now Danny's uh chopping him in the corner. I guess I'll just do commentary on this match. Uh he's out there in his uh robe cape situation. Now he's following him around. He's going to play the Danny DeMano bully role, which, you know, normally is pretty sickening. But I guess with Marco's stunt, this could be half entertaining. It's weird when I'm rooting for Danny DeMano in a match. Um, but this is this is what this has come to. I, I have had enough of this uh, this midget, uh, midget movement. And, um, you know, I, I, this is what this has come to. This is a very strange turn of events on Yakuza Gig Radio. You're hearing it live. And... Um, this is this is the uh, first Danny DeMano support you've heard on the show, I believe. Um, 
So uh, the Marco stunt caught another uh, ring apron bump. He kind of like ran into Danny DeMano's arms and he sort of picked him up and let him go over there. Now Marco's got a chair and he's going to okay throw it at. Silly looking cell on that for DeMano. He's laying on the outside. I can't imagine this is going to be fucking entertaining to anyone listening because uh, first off, it's a Danny DeMano match and a Marco stunt match at the same time. And then you're not even getting to see it, which uh, in retrospect might be a better option, you know? So now he's got Danny DeMondo on the outside of the guardrail and uh, sitting in a chair where DeMondo should be. And uh, now he's on the ring apron, which I don't know if he's going to try to jump from there over the guardrail, but, like, I can't imagine. (laughs) So he, he jumped down from the ring apron and then hopped over the guardrail and then kind of just punched him and then flipped off the fans as if that that's what he meant to do to like, you know, heal out on the fans, but there was no human possibility of him leaping from the ring apron over the. All right, there he goes. Now he did it. He got the, he got the guardrail a little bit closer when he, he moved it in. After he flipped the fans off, I feel like uh, that was a good move because I don't know if he was clearing the guard rail otherwise. Um, the blonde chick is it? You know, I don't have any feedback where I could be like, hey, and eh. that's the thing. Like, you know, if I do like the Facebook Live thing, like it cuts me off of being able to check shit on my phone. It, it cuts me off of being able to do a lot of different things. Um, And uh, I don't, I don't know. Um, let me see. You know what's going on now? Oh, Marco stunts uh, getting more offense. The Marco stunt offense tour. And he's got a fucking couple chairs. He's setting up on the outside. Yeah, this is the thing. Like these long running fucking competitive matches with Marco stunt are are just in, insanely insulting to my intelligence. Um, not that Danny DeMano should be dominating anything on the planet now or ever. I mean, I know, you know, he would occasionally pick a woman up and just drop her on her head. But, I mean, that's it's hardly what I would consider dominant or abusive. So now Marco Stunt's going to run into Danny DeMano, whose back is sitting up with a table behind him. Well, a door, because that's the cheaper way to go. Uh, and as expected, Marco runs to Danny. He backdrops him into the door. And now he's asking the fans, you know, he, he always puts his hand up to his ear. I would definitely question Danny DeMano's hearing ability. He's always putting his hands to his ears like he can't hear. And, um, I know that became popular via Hulk Hogan, but, uh, you know, I mean, it gets a little tired when, you're surrounded by a crowd of people and you're still going, what? I don't know. Be louder. It's, it, it's a little much. I mean, now he's taking half of the door. Cause you know, we're, we are fucking, we are getting the most bang for our buck here. We are going to, uh, what is that? Uh, reuse, uh, reduce, recycle. That's it. Uh, so we're just going to use that table, especially with like a Marco stunt. You could break it in half like 10 times. You, you snap it in half. Now you put the half of that on something. Now you put like the quarter of it on something. So now they've broken the, the, the table in half. And then they he slammed them through the other half of the table. 
or not table, door brought between other chairs. Now he's getting them back in the ring to what will most definitely be a two count at best, at very best. Now, Danny DeMano is going up top. He's doing the little uh, thing. Might I also notice, uh, point out, Danny DeMano has gained a lot of weight back, so he must have eaten through that fucking stomach surgery he got, which is always good to know. Um, He misses a moonsault, clutching wherever they tied off his fucking intestines. Um, Marco stunt with a, a big and by big, I mean, completely non-believable running fucking drop kick, kind of kick to the face deal. Uh, it's like a fucking Bronco buster type deal between the ropes slides through. He does kind of like a double stomp, but like ass stomp fucking thing that doesn't look believable at all. And now he, he kind of shoved the ref who's bigger than him. Oh, and now he's just lost it. Now he's just raining down little boy punches on fucking Danny D'Amato's head. Oh, he went in a corner like he was fucking... Like some kind of little tiny version of Roman Reigns. Like he was ready for the spear and then he hit Danny D'Amato in the leg. Probably the same leg that he snapped in half in front of me at Jersey All-Pro which was, you know, to be expected. That's when he became a high flyer right after the stomach surgery. He was like, I'm a cruiserweight now. And then he snapped his fucking leg in half on the uh, guardrail. And now uh, a little boy's attacking it. That's why you got to watch, man. You get injured and then you start talking shit. Little boys will attack your fucking leg. They'll come running from the side of the ice cream truck. They come up short on change for the fucking snow cone. And they'll just fucking remove your Achilles. Like, it's that type of danger you put yourself in when you talk shit with a bad leg. You know, they're right down at leg level. And, I mean, uh, now here he goes. He's doing the fucking climb on his back sleeper move. Backpack sleeper. He's like one of those little fucking backpacks he put on the kids. He just needs like a leash so you can fucking make sure he doesn't get in any trouble. Marco probably wore one of those until like fucking three weeks ago. His parents like, we're going to the wrestling show, but I can't trust you to get out of hand. So I'm going to put this little monkey backpack on you. you just fucking stay by me. Uh, Danny DeMato hits a swanton. I, I don't know, man. It's like he got fired from GCW management and then just fucking ate and ate and ate. The amount of carbs he's done. Yeah, he, he's he's done some gains changer <laughs> since uh, since I've last seen him. Gains changer wrestling. Let me see. Now he's going to, he's setting him up for, uh, I think, okay, he smacked him. He put him in front of a chair and he smacked him. Now he's doing the suck it thing because that's awesome. In 2019, uh, he was going up for something. Marco hits him with a silly little kick. And uh, Danny DeMano takes some sort of bump into the fucking chair. And uh, Marco goes for the pin and he gets a two. Danny DeMano looks baffled that. This chair spot, which couldn't have happened without his help, has just happened. 
Oh, Marco hits another one of these silly little kicks. He's wearing jeans that could probably fit some of my daughter's Build-A-Bears. Danny DeMano gets another two count. Um, here we go. Um, Danny DeMano is looking for help. He's going to the outside. He's going to need reinforcements. He's going to need some form of weaponry. If he's going to take this little boy out, he's going to the back. That's it. He's going to the back. He, he, maybe he's going to get his parents. He's like, I've had enough. I'm fucking telling your parents. That's it. You know what? Who did you come here with? Oh, he's got a fucking, he's got a door with gusset plates on it. Because, you know, that's Danny DeMano for you. If anyone knows ultraviolence, it's Danny DeMano. Ultraviolence, yes or no, he said once upon a time. Just in case you wanted a choice in a match. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure for shitty deathmatch wrestlers. All right, so now he set that up between the guardrail and the ring apron. And um, now he's back in the ring, yelling to the fans, told the ref that he's going to do what he wants with this little boy. Uh, He's going out to the ring apron with the small child. He's going to do something that looks bad. He's got him, like, hanging out of the ropes, but I don't know. Uh, Okay, now he's... Now he's sitting on the turnbuckle and Marco's walking over to him and, and climbing up the other side in order for him to put him on his shoulders, which he's doing. Now Marco's landing some little boy strikes on the back of his head. Uh, now Marco fell off. He was trying to do something, but he fell off to the outside of ring apron. He hit another one of those silly little insiguris. Another cross arm deal. He does the thing where he, like, crosses the arms and turns around, and then Danny DeMondo just jumps over him. He's done two of those in this match. So that's clearly, like, a big leverage point. If you can cross the guy's arms, you can overcome, like, fucking 200 pounds of weight difference. Like, they have no choice but to, like, leap up over your head. So Danny DeMondo takes the bump to the fucking outside. Silly-looking bump to the floor. Little trickle of blood on the elbow. He's rolling around, wondering what he did to lose his spot in GCW. What what brought him to this point in life? He's trying to get feeling in his in his uh, left hand. He's got a little pool of blood coming off that arm. Trying to gain his bearings and climb back in to do battle with the boy. It's like David and Goliath. If Goliath was an overweight jerk-off that couldn't wrestle. And David was just a small boy in the Build-A-Bear jeans. So now they're they're about at, at an even keel. Uh, he's hitting boy punches on Danny DeMano's head as he kneels in front of him. And uh, Danny DeMano decides he's not selling those and punches him. More boy punches. Danny's not selling these. And, um, all very slow moving. This is, uh, quite the battle. Um, seesaw battle of guys that no one should really give a fuck about. Um, he misses a big 
silly-looking lariat, Demano that is. Uh, Marco hits Arana from Demano on his knees, which is, you know. Um, now he's now he's standing there looking like, well, what do I do next? What do you mean? There's no Easter Bunny. Um. He slides to the outside. He is now looking for weaponry while they they tape Danny DeMano's bleeding elbow. Um, for all of uh, your uh, Scotty satires and those out there, I'm sure it's just a scratch, though, guys. Judging by the amount of blood coming from his arm, I'm sure it's only a scratch. Make sure to criticize it for the next several years. Um... So there we go. Now he's, oh, that was a little boy stomp right there. He hit a good bottom of his keds right on fucking Demant, Danny DeMano. Eat keds, motherfucker. Um, oh, some BOGO at Payless right there. Got the fucking Diego wear. Fucking baby Jaguar on the insoles. All right, he's going up. Danny DeMano is, has risen from his uh, lying position, and um, they have another door propped between two chairs. They they fucking they bought like five doors just for this silly little match. Um, Danny DeMano is now hitting him with uh, some ridiculous looking. Uh, Kind of like a razor's edge pile driver kind of thing, and he gets a two count because you just you just can't beat a boy with something like that. You just can't, you know. When you tell him no, I said you can't have any, and he throws a tantrum, and he's not having it. And sometimes you just got to go home. You like you just can't reason with him in public. That's the type of intensity that Marco Stun has just found. He's found the I can't take you anywhere energy. And um, this is why we can't have nice things, energy. Um, so now he's 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 laying there, and Damano's looking for more things. He's under the ring. He's fucking looking. He found a half a table. He's bringing half a door. He's bringing that in. Uh, Marco's holding his boy ankle, and um, Damano has found more doors. Um, the, um, the the mono shaped girl is, or uh, the um, Janela shaped girl is climbing around under the ring, and uh, they found more doors. I think they're up to two and a half doors now. They've they've added to this ring. Will that be enough to take this small child out? Um, so here we are. Um, he is fucking setting one door up in the in the corner here. Um, you know, you would think that you would save the one with the gusset plates on it for the finish, but, uh, oddly enough, no, no, um, we'll do that in the middle of the match and, um, the finish will come with one of many other doors. So now he's, he's, uh, going for a power bomb. He's got a half a door in one corner or a door in the other. Marco slips out, gives him a little boy kick to the knees. Oh, Danny DeMano, uh, hoists them up. 
for uh, like a tilt a whirl code breaker kind of deal. He hits him with, with a, another one of those little shining wizard things where he just throws his whole little body into the guy. Marco Stunt just put Danny DeMano's big giant ass on his shoulders and like ran and then like stumbled into the corner and kind of like pushed him through the half a door in that corner. And now he's really riled up. He's got like a sugar buzz and he ran and drop kicked and Danny DeMano jumped in the air and leaped backwards into the other door. Um, this spells trouble for the DeMonto for the, the wounded DeMonto. Marco is up top. He hits uh 450 and uh and that's that's that. Marco beats Danny DeMano in his untriumphant return. So anyway, um what else do I got? Uh let me see. This is fucking silly. Um Let's talk about, uh, all right. So Alley Cat, Alley Cat is a girl who I want to say she's from like the Cleveland, maybe Ohio type of thing. I don't even know where the fuck she's from. So I'm not even going to use that as a point of, uh, um, discussion. It makes no difference to me where she's from. I had heard about her a bunch, heard her name as being on a bunch of different shows. Um, now a girl with a cat gimmick is obviously going to get my attention in some way, shape or form. I don't go out of my way to watch women's wrestling in general, but, um, I, I, I was like, you know what? I, I want to see what this girl's all about. She's probably into cats at the very least, which is a great thing to me. So I added her on Instagram and, um, I guess I came in late to the party because a few days to a week after I added her on Instagram, and, and, you know, I did, like, a quick scroll through her, like, recent photos and saw no cats and went, well, that's disappointing. Um, so I added her on Instagram, and uh, within a week, I suddenly saw a post she puts up, and it says, I'm sorry to let down my friends and fans and everything, but I broke my edge this weekend, meaning I guess she was straight edge. And she broke her edge. Which, let me just say, like, you know, being a guy who's sober and, you know, lived that life, I I just, I hate the fucking labels. I hate the labels if you're straight edge. I hate the fucking, I'll get into the other part that I hate in a second, because this is the whole reason for bringing it up. But I'm all my edge. I broke my edge. At first, I don't even know what the fuck that means because the lingo to me is just ridiculous. So, um, you know, so, so she says that and I go, oh man, like first, my first instinct is when I figured out what the fuck she was talking about, I said, well, I, that really sucks for her. And hopefully it's just a bump in the road and she gets back on the fucking now, that's going to happen for anybody who's who's an addict, who has that type of issue, whatever. I mean, that you hit your bumps in the road. Um, again, I had my six years of sobriety straight up. So, uh, no, I'm not, not saying this to, you know, lead to anything that I'm telling you about me. 
but I'm just saying, um, you know, bumps in the road happen. But, you know, the the big thing you got to do is be able to pick yourself back up and put yourself back on the tracks. Now, if your reason for telling people that you broke your edge or you slipped up or you had a problem or whatever the fuck is just to kind of lead people into, like, now I'm not doing that anymore, then fucking shit, man. Maybe... Maybe you shouldn't be playing that role because it just, it it sounds pathetic. You're saying it as if you're acknowledging it as if it's definitely not what you wanted to do. Like, sorry to disappoint, but I, and now less than a week later, she is taking this white claw shit and made it like her whole fucking life. Like everything is fucking white claw, white claw, white claw. I'm making, I'm making a white claw gimmick shirt. I'm all about white claw, white claw. Like every fucking post is white claw. This hashtag white claw. Fucking, I'm drinking white claws, white claw. It, it, it's fucking pathetic. It's absolutely fucking pathetic. And then what I actually learned, um, because then I, I was telling somebody how ridiculous this looks and and how fucking sloppy and and pathetic it looks. And someone was like, oh well, she was going out with MJF. And um, he broke up with her, and that's that's what broke her edge. So I'm now even further convinced that MJF is the best heel in the fucking business. He can make you hate other fucking people. Not only can he make you hate him with his actions and performances, he can make you hate other people too. And that's fucking talent. Um, But look, beyond that, this whole fucking White Claw thing is pussy shit. And I don't mean in the aspect of what you're drinking is, is pussy shit and this is bullshit and, like, you should step your game up and drink some real shit. This is not what I'm talking about. What I, I was a fucking blatant fucking alcoholic. I, I drank over 100 beers a week, hard alcohol, the whole fucking nine. I was an absolute fucking mess. I never fucking celebrated. Now, the only thing you would see out of me is um, if I got like, you know, I went through like IPA phases and stuff and I would get a new kind of IPA or I would get a, you know, this or that. And I would post a picture of that or, you know, I I went through the pumpkin beer phases. So I was trying to hit every fucking pumpkin beer I've never tried before. And I would post pictures of that and this and that outside of those type of things. I never celebrated the alcohol I drank it like a fucking maniac and and like I had no fucking sense or will to live but I was never a celebrate the fucking beer like I was never scream fucking beer or fucking yeah like it, it to me it's corny as fuck like do what you're doing but fucking conduct yourself like a human like maintain motherfucker you know what I mean like if you gotta scream about the shit you're into it's annoying. Like when you treat alcohol, like whatever you're drinking, like it's your favorite sports team, you're a douchebag. You're not, you're not just a drinker. You're not someone who just enjoys to drink. You're a dickhead. You know, that, that's just my opinion. Like I, I I've done these races now, you know, for six years, six plus years. Cause I started just before I stopped drinking. And you'll have people that it's an 11 mile fucking race. And like a lot of these races, they give you a free beer after their, you know, after the race if you want. Now, you know, since I started going, I've been like giving away my wristband. Like, here, have another one. Here you go. You know, whatever. And, um, but it's like a free beer after the race. These races cost like fucking $150, $200 sometimes to fucking enter. 
So they're giving you a free beer after the fucking thing. And, like, these motherfuckers are one mile into the fucking race. And without fail, one mile into these fucking races with 30 fucking obstacles or 50 obstacles and, and 10 miles ahead of you and a lot of physical challenges and this and that, you will, without fail, one mile in, hear motherfuckers going, can't wait for that fucking beer. Like, you're out of your fucking mind. You, you spent, <laughs> you know how much fucking beer you could add for over $100? Just sit your stupid ass at home and drink your fucking beer. If that's all you're thinking about in the beginning of this fucking race, you're, you're, you're a cornball. Like, shut the fuck up. Let's, let's get fucking physical out this motherfucker. And that, that's just how I feel. So, like, this White Claw, it, like, it, it's not the actual brand, but this happens to be, like, the super cool thing. And all it is is you just screaming, hey, look at me, I'm drinking. That shit is as corny as it fucking gets. And then fucking next weekend, I'm drinking again. <laughs> you're a fucking cornball. There's nothing cool about what you're doing to the other people that are just as uncool as you that are doing the same cornball shit and screaming. I'm drinking again. Look at me. Look at me go. Um, <laughs> fucking tune in two hours from now. I'll be saying dumb shit on the computer. You know, <laughs> that that's that's what the fuck is going on in your world. And to anyone who's not living that life, your shit looks completely corny. Um. So, yeah, that's just my thought on that. And, again, it's not just the fucking White Claws, anything you're about, but this just happens to be, like, the fucking thing right now. Um, so, this shit doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, Gage got hurt in his 15-minute match with the fucking joke wrestler last night. He started this match out, I guess they're... They, I think they started the show with Gage versus Moff. And instead of uh, playing that, they were playing uh, Black Black Label Pro, I think, was the, the, the company, which was complete shit. What I saw was just absolute dog shit. So they were playing that, and then they were going to um, come back to the matches that happened before. So I guess when they hit the intermission on the ICW show, they'd play what you missed, which is what they're doing now. So it was Gage and Moff and fucking, so Gage hurt his knee or his, I think his knee to end the match with the fucking uh, joke wrestler last night. So they start this fucking match with Moff. Gage comes out there. It looks like he's favoring his shit a little bit. Bell rings. He fucking choke breakers. Moff on his fucking knee. And is now being helped to the fucking back. And now now he's now he's hobbling back to the ring. Now he's going to fight through and hobbling back to the fucking ring. To start a match with Dan Moff, one of the biggest, baddest motherfuckers in the business. So... You you start the match off by dropping an enormous guy on your injured knee. Just, just this is fucking ridiculous. I, I can't, I I can't even fucking put logic to the dumb shit that's going on. And like Mop is like begging him, like, come on, man, like you, let's not do this or whatever. And uh, Gage is like, yeah, no, we're gonna fucking do it. So now you know, now they're gonna they're gonna go in or whatever. All right. 
Um, I guess let's get into the GCW show from last weekend. Um, let me see. I got to bring the card up. Um, okay. Show started out with, uh, and this was in the, uh, the basement East, which is like the, the spot in Tennessee to run shows where, um, uh, what the fuck, uh, Southern Underground Pro runs. You can hear lots about that company on. I got you five stars with Jeremy over there. He's he's the fucking Southern Underground Pro. Uh, he, he is the authority on Southern Underground Pro. Uh, he'll tell you all about these guys. And I've heard a lot of these guys' names on his show before I, I got the chance to see any of them here. So it was like, I'd start seeing these guys pop up and I'd be like, Oh, I've heard that guy's name before because Jeremy put these guys out there. He really fucking spread the word to the East coast about these guys before I heard them from anybody else. Not that, you know, my ears are open to everything, but, um, he's definitely been shouting these guys fucking names. Uh, so damn off just had him in a figure four and, uh, yeah, now he just did a dive to the outside Gage, uh, all right, never mind. Uh, Blake Christian beat Kyle the Beast. I really like this fucking match. Blake Christian is a little um, carrot top looking motherfucker, and um, he I, he he looks so much like carrot top to me. Like he's not jacked like like late carrot top. He's like early carrot top. But they should at some point they got to do like a fans bring the fucking uh, prop comedy gimmick. You know, like dog whistle where there's like a, you know, like a stuffed dog with a fucking whistle taped to it and, and shit like that. Um, I don't know how they incorporate it into a match, but, you know, pro wrestling is all about funny comedy, making a joke out of shit. So at some point or another, uh, they got to do like fucking fans bring the prop comedy and, uh, you know, have them work that into a match. I'm not saying I'm even going to like this fucking match, but I just feel like it needs to happen just to uh, complete the carrot top circle. Um, Blake Christian, Kyle the Beast, he's a, he's a definite smaller guy, and this match was just very well done, he does a lot of fucking cool shit, a lot of, like, um, crafty, out, outsmarting, athleticism shit, and got the win over Kyle the Beast, um, took a beating from Kyle, and, um, this was really good, um, next match was, like, a crazy brawl, kind of old-school brawl, John Wayne Murdoch and Reed Bentley versus Dominic Garini and Kevin Koo versus Kerry Offal and Nick Iggy, which is like uh, the violence something or other and the uh, carnies. This was all right. You know, kind of brawl all over the place, bunch of spots, bunch of bleeding, and, uh, yeah, just, just wild brawl, you know. Um, next up was Effie versus Orange Cassidy. I hate this, and I don't like either one of these fucking guys. Orange Cassidy is capable of of way better things. Um, you know, he you know, he was the fire ant, I believe. I believe that's who, the correct ant. Um, he was the New Jersey All-Stars with um Lucky. Um, he he's done a lot of things, but this this Orange Cassidy silly fucking joke gimmick, hands in the pockets bullshit. It's just like I said with Marco Stun initially, only there is an actual wrestler in there somewhere, but um, it's like a Christmas decoration. The first time you see it, oh, shit, that, that's cool. Oh, shit, you see where the, 
See the way the lights fucking went around in a circle, came back the other way when it hit the fucking tip of the house? Like, that that's pretty cool. Fucking chased this way, and then it chased the other way. Oh, shit, look, it's blinking on the ends now, and then meeting its way in the middle. You know, like, you see that shit, and you're like, oh, wow, I've never seen lights that did that. And then the next time you see it, you go, oh, yeah, I remember those lights. Those are pretty cool. And then four times later, you drive by, and you don't even turn your fucking head. And that's, that's what the fucking Orange Cassidy gimmick is doing right now. Um, the shock and all gay spots. I don't give a fuck who does it. I hate it. I cannot fucking stand it. I don't think it's fucking cool. I don't think it's funny. It's not for fucking me. The fans love it. The fans are definitely hiding some kind of shit going on. And, and I think it's because half of the fans don't get any attention from any girls, guys, anything on the planet. So they're just like, fucking, maybe I'll just lean the gay way and, and see if that works out. Cause women are definitely not fucking looking my way, you know, especially with the lack of showering and the fucking life choices I've made thus far. So I, I'm just looking like, you know what? Maybe when these two guys are trying to like finger each other's assholes, like I, maybe I can get involved with that because it's clearly uh, not working out in any other avenue. I, I really don't know what it is. I don't know what the appeal of it is. I don't know why fans love this shit so much, but again, it's not for me and it seems to be fucking working. So Gay porn wrestling is definitely fucking working for these guys. Um, next up is Tony Deppen versus uh, Rich Swan. This is another pretty good match. Um, you know, I I think these two could do better. Um, I, I'm not saying this was shit by any stretch of the imagination. They did a whole lot, but did, you know, this card had a lot on it. You know what's funny is this card I expected nothing of. I, I really didn't. I didn't expect to like anything on this thing. I was like, I don't even know why I'm watching this. I'm like, ah, I don't got anything. Now. Let me just fucking turn it on. Fuck it. And then the, uh, the other one, uh, last night's show, I had a little bit more expectations for, and to me, that show fell a lot flatter than this one. But, uh, I'll get to that. Um, so, next up was Mance Warner. It was supposed to be Mance Warner versus Matt Justice. And then out came Brett Eisen to make it a three-way. Now, Brett Eisen's another one of those guys that I've heard lots about on uh, Jeremy's show. I got you five stars. And uh, this dude has, has a very, um, like, tough guy image. And I don't want to say he's anything really like a Nick Gage or an old-school Nick Gage, but he has that kind of anger look in him. You know, he has that kind of, like, don't fuck with me look. He didn't really break that fucking character. He didn't stop to thank all the fans. The fans absolutely loved him out there. He was as over as fucking possible. And he has that, like, fucking rugged, badass fucking gimmick. Um, so, that, that's, you know, it was his thing. And he's, like, a strong style guy. He's a striker. Uh, you know... Not the fastest moving guy in the ring, but he, he's going to be the one that fucking knocks the shit out of you if he gets a chance. So uh, he was in there. Mance Warner is an absolute fucking star. Um, I, I still, I got to hit him up again to see if he'll come on the fucking podcast. But uh, Mance Warner is an absolute fucking star. He's going to wind up signed some fucking where. Um, and uh, Matt Justice, I guess, was a NXT guy or some shit. And then left there. I, I don't know. So, um... That was what it was. Um, uh, a good match. Definitely a good match. I like this one a lot. Um, I'd like to have seen more Brett Eisen in this. At some point, he took a spot, and he was, like, down and out for a long time. 
And I don't know if there was like any legitimate injury shit going on there or if it was just like he was just selling for that long. But I would have liked to have him to have gotten back involved in the match a little bit sooner. Um, but anyway, I mean, that's, that's mild criticism. But um, all right. So next up was uh, Shane Mercer defeating AJ Gray, who reminds me of a low budget ACH. Uh, he's like a fat ACH. Uh, Alex Zane, who I think is tremendously talented, uh, still, you know, very new in, uh, I, I think, I don't know how long he's been wrestling, insanely physically talented. Like, his his, his ability is is top fucking notch. He's, he's his aerial ability, and uh, he does a lot of really good innovative shit. So, I'd like to see a lot more out of this guy. I'd like to see him get a little bit more well-rounded, too. Um, but you know, again, like now you're starting to see him a lot more on the East coast. So hopefully he gets around some different talent and works in with some of these, you know, these veterans, you know, gets a little bit more, uh, you know, work in there. Uh, alley cat, who I just spoke about before, uh, JJ Garrett, Logan stunt and Steve Manders. So anyway, Shane Mercer won that match. Um, Jimmy Lloyd versus Marcus Crane. This was fucking terrible. And this is where I got to I gotta fucking jump out on Marcus real quick. Marcus is a guy who is a fucking train wreck, and he's a guy who, who loves being a train wreck. He's another one of these guys who has just decided that that is just fucking adorable. It's just so fucking cute to live a lifestyle where you don't give a fuck and I'll do all the drugs and look at all the drugs I'm doing and I'm so fucked up right now and we'll do coke in the ring and we'll do this, we'll do that. And, you know, Schlack, he goes down that road a little bit too. But the thing is, is Schlack has a fucking monster personality. He has the promo ability he has a larger-than-life persona that he brings to the ring no matter what the fuck. I don't know what the fuck he's doing in the back. And, you know, he could say, oh, I'm doing crack with the rest of them, or I'm doing this with the rest of them. But still, when he comes to the ring, he looks like a fucking unleashed animal. So I, I don't know that he's doing exactly the same things that, that those guys are doing. And maybe he is. And maybe that's why that Schlack hasn't gotten a push. I don't know, because I can't put my finger on why the fuck he hasn't gotten a push except for maybe that. But back to Marcus, the reason why he hasn't gotten a push and the reason why he's been left off of fucking shows. And when they're traveling, they can't bring fucking Marcus. And he's left home waiting and thinking, oh, what the fuck? I've been there and I was almost dying for GCW on a regular basis. Well, it's because Marcus is a liability. 100% fucking liability. His performance has definitely suffered. He could be a million times better in the fucking ring, but he chooses to live that fucking life, to live that fucking gimmick, you know, and it's not fucking cool. And, and, you know, it's gonna, it's crazy because he jumped out and fucking tried to defend Gage when I was, uh, criticizing Gage's, um, fucking, uh, you know, nice guy bullshit. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll pull up that fucking quote. Uh, let me let me pull that up because honestly, like, it, it's silly as fuck for him to come out to say say this shit to me when uh, he's living the type of life that he's living. So I posted uh, spoiler alert. This is after the uh, Marco stunt match. Uh, 
and Gage is like posing with fucking uh, Marco's parents, and it's like, uh, so I put Nick frickin' Sage bonding with the families of his opponents, and I put like a smiley sunshine face. So Marcus posts, LOL, I get why you're upset. I get where you're coming from on gimmick stuff and whatnot. But when it comes down to it, Nikki is just happy to be alive and out of prison. I've had a lot of talks with him and it's truly beginning. It's truly being in wrestling, keeping him going. He was the dude I feared before I met him, but now he's a blood brother to me. We'd kill for each other. His mental state is real good right now, and while maybe his tough guy persona, uh, felon persona may be a little less tough, I'm glad he's happy and motivated enough to enjoy life, while he easily could have gone the path of many we've lost, including Trent. I like you, Jay. I respect your opinion and always shooting from the hip, but try and think about that. I'm sick of good people leaving our lives way too soon. Okay, if this wasn't a guy who was one of the fucking most likely to be next on that fucking list. How are you going to speak on things knowing that you're a motherfucker who lives the type of life that can die too soon any given fucking day, any given month? This is your fucking gimmick. And you live that gimmick. There's a reason why you're screaming for Kasai. Gimme Kasai, gimme Kasai. GCW gets Kasai and you burn that fucking bridge for yourself before it happened. So when Takeda came over, he had a, I think he had a match with Takeda. Trash. Absolute trash. Fucking Cologne had a match with Takeda. Killed it. You had a match with this Japanese guy in a deathmatch tournament. Mm, not so good. Cologne had a match with the guy. Great. So when it goes back to Japan, hey, how was your experience with this guy? Ah, maybe not so maybe not so good. Uh, no, it's not like a good accent or impression of anybody. But may, maybe not so much. How's it with the Very good. Very good. Very safe. Hungry worker. You know, this, this is the type of shit they might be saying about Alex Colon. Hurt some guy in Jersey or in Delaware. No big deal. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it all makes sense. When from the outside, a lot of times you'd look and you'd go, why the fuck? Isn't Marcus getting this? Why is, is Marcus being left out? Why is Marcus being left out? This this is the reason. And believe me, if if it, you listen to this, Marcus, I had plans to say all of these things before you even jumped on the gauge post. Because I thought it was a fucking shame that you were on this card. You were like the standout deathmatch. This was this was GCW's deathmatch on this show. I mean, they did some blood and stuff, you know, with the, the tag match and this and that before that. But this was like GCW's guys bringing their death match to the Tennessee fucking basement east. And the representation of that was sloppy as fuck. The, the performance has completely suffered due to what the fuck you're out there doing. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a shame. And again, so my response to that was, um, yeah, but if you're going to type this, uh, to me, like, he's not on drugs, I'm not willing to play along. Because I'm not. I've said for a long fucking time, Gage is another guy who will be on that fucking list. If he keeps going in the direction he's going, he will be on that fucking list. He came out of prison the first time, fucking jacked, ready to fucking go. Nobody could fucking stop him. He fucking, he, he 
went back in. He violated. Let, let's stop with the fucking uh, fuck the police, this and that, all that bullshit. He violated fucking probation, parole, whatever the fuck is, and went the fuck back to jail. Take responsibility for your own actions. That's what the fuck happened. He violated. He came back out. And he came back out way dumber than he fucking came out the first time. He came out the first time humble, jacked, and fucking ready to wrestle. Second time he came out, and then his gimmick was gangs this, gangs this, gangs this. Because the first time he came out, he wasn't screaming fucking MDK all day and all that bullshit. All that shit started after the second time he came out. And then he was so gang-affiliated. Like, that's a great fucking... That, 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 that's a great path. Like, Gage didn't need a gimmick. He never needed a fucking gimmick. And suddenly the gimmick became bigger than the actual performance. Gage's performance stood for itself. It spoke for itself for so many fucking years. Nick fucking Gage needed no introduction. Now he needs an introduction. Now he's got to scream that it's MDK all fucking day and all this other cornball shit. And he's got these motherfuckers convinced you're all gang members now. And like <laughs> they're running around talking shit to people who fucking knock them the fuck out online. They're, they're just, they're just acting reckless because Gage has convinced them that this is, this is a gang. This We're all in a gang. But meanwhile, Gage is withering. I, I have heard fucking countless people who've been in the fucking locker room that know Gage, that know addiction, that know many different things. I've seen people who, who know addiction very well. And, and have, had said, yeah, he, he's not doing well. I've, I've known people who were wrestlers who knew Gage very well from the early 2000s and went, yeah, no, he's not. He's not what he used to be. He's not. Something's up with him. He's not. He's not doing all right. The, the you know, the fanboys will tell you, oh, you're just a hater. You're just a hater. Everybody's a hater. Same thing with Joey's doing great. You're just a hater. He's on TV. What are you, crazy? You're a hater. And, um, you know, I mean, time will tell. Time will tell. I, I want the old Nick Gage back. I want the old Joey Janela back. That, that's what I want. But, you know, if you want to just keep being blind to it and go, no, no, what he's doing right now is fucking awesome. You're a hater. Go fuck yourself, man. Okay, I'll just keep living my life doing what I do, and you just keep letting him do what he do, and you keep buying up fucking t-shirts. You keep putting money in his pockets and see where it ends up, all right? Because he went from fucking the jack guy to the guy back in the fucking shirt, skinny, real fucking thin. You know what I mean? Why Why did he do that? Why did, why did he guy... Because let me tell you something. When you're fucking sober... When you quit a vice and you have that fucking hunger in you for something and you fill it with something like physicality, there's no shutting that off. Because if you do shut that off, you got to pick something else up to fill that fucking void. I'm, I'm not a stranger to this shit. And if you noticed, I, I've gotten consistently in better shape over the past six fucking years because when I picked that physicality up, I didn't let it go. But if suddenly I got real fucking thin and started acting weird and stopped fucking taking my shirt off in the summertime and all the times you would normally see me with my shirt off, you'd have to go, what's up with Jay? You think he's doing all right? I mean, I don't have that fucking team of people to go, you guys are just haters. You guys are just haters. He's the man still. Like, no. But there, there's pretty clear fucking signs there. And again, 
you guys could ignore it and all of that shit, but like, please don't come on my fucking page and tell me how he's doing really good and I should be happy for him to be out of jail and be happy to be fucking wrestling. Because I'd love to see fucking Gage still jacked the way that he was when he came out, hungry and ready to fucking kill it in 50-minute matches with fucking uh, John Wayne Murdoch. But that's not the Gage we're dealing with anymore. Uh, it's not. So... But that, that's the wrap there, and and as far as Marcus, you know, I mean, what can I fucking tell you? I mean, you, you can really see what's going on with him. It doesn't take much paying attention, doesn't take, you don't have to look too close. It is exactly what it is with him, you know? He, he's fucking telling you, he's screaming at you what he's fucking up to. So the next matchup is Spider-Nate Webb versus uh, Tracy Smothers. Now... My initial thought going into and seeing this match is who the fuck wants to see an old, near-crippled Tracy Smothers wrestle? Because last I saw him, I think he was in, like, the clusterfuck or something like that, and he came out there with a fucking cane. Uh, He looked like he needed assistance to just walk. So this time he came out, the cane, his daughter, all of this stuff. And let me fucking tell you something. This guy worked old school heel shit to the fucking fullest. People are calling all this shit controversial. They're calling this, oh my God, did you see what Tracy Smothers did? Oh, Tracy Smothers did what it used to be. Tracy Smothers did old school fucking heel work. And he did it well. Uh, Some of the shit was hacky. You know, he came out there, if you call my daughter a whore... I'm leaving here. I'm I'm going to I'm going to come out there and smack one of you. If you call her a filthy pig, then I'm going to kill every one of you. You know what I mean? Like everyone dies. Everybody dies. But you know, that's I mean, all the things he did was 100% heel work. And that that's that's what this guy perfected, you know, for a long fucking time doing that it's supposed to be offensive. It's supposed to be something that you don't want to hear. Uh, that's that's what a heel is supposed to be. A heel is supposed to be no holds barred. Fucking tell them what you want to tell them and piss them off because you're a fucking bad guy. And that's it. He played that up on every angle he could. Shitting on the town. Shitting on fucking Joey Janela over there in the fucking commentary. And Janela ate it, ate it right up to the point where... Janela comes down and he's threatening to fuck his uh, Tracy Smothers' unwilling daughter because when you know when when the face guy's like, "I'll fuck your daughter," and the daughter's like, "No, no, I'm not interested," and he's like, "Yes, I will." That's I think you're threatening rape. I I, I could be wrong. What I what I'm hearing is the threatening of rape because. It's not like she's winking at him and, and you're going, no, 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 no. You come over here. I don't want you involved with him. And, and she's being drawn in by the face that seemingly, seemingly uh, got the irresistible fucking baby face charm or whatever. The case. That's not what we're doing. We're, we're, we're dealing with a woman that's going, no, I don't want to have sex with you. And he's like, oh, we're having sex. And he's like, he stripped down to his boxers and he's out there in his fucking boxers screaming about this and that. And hey, he's going to have sex with her. And it's like, I don't know. She, she's screaming no. And uh, 
I, I, I mean, I don't know. Everybody's so fucking butthurt about, uh, you know, the things Tracy Smothers said and this and that and called a couple fans fags. And But again, uh, stop with the fucking bullshit. I mean, you guys are so ridiculously sensitive. You're just not allowed to say those words anymore. It's 2019. But if Janela wants to rape his daughter, then that's fucking fine. That's my guy. It's just, like, cut it the fuck out. Everybody cut it the fuck out. It's either a big fucking uh, work where, you know, the faces and the heels can get into whatever kind of altercations they want. The fucking fans can talk shit to the wrestlers. The wrestlers can talk shit to the fans. And just, that's what the fuck wrestling was supposed to be. And now it becomes like, you can't say that. If you're too mean to the women, Bully Ray's gonna have a word with you out back. And, uh, if you say something off color, oh boy, we'll expose that. And that's fucking controversial. And did you see what happened? And like, oh, shut up. It's fucking ridiculous. So this was a lot of Tracy Smothers mic work. A lot. I mean, this dude had like before, during, and after ring promos. But it, it fucking made his value for being there. For what it was, for the show he was supposed to put on, he gave everybody their worth as far as getting them riled up or, or making this happen or wanting that to happen or having something to talk about based on his appearance, and that's the fuck he delivered. So, uh, good on Tracy's mothers. Um, last up, Nick Gage versus Marco Stunt. Uh, this is bullshit. Absolute bullshit. It was like a, I believe, like 15, 20-minute match for the fucking GCW title where he just sold the shit out of Marco's moves all over the fucking place. This is a Nick Gage who went to a 50-minute match with um, John Wayne Murdoch, IWA, King of the Death Matches. This is a guy who went fucking 200 light tubes with fucking Matt Tremont, one of the craziest death matches of all time. And whatever that was, Tournament of Survival, uh, Nick Gage Invitational. I don't remember which one that was, but we finally got the Matt Tremont, Nick Gage, big match. That, that big, big fucking match. It was in the finals. I believe it was in the finals of the tournament. One of the craziest fucking matches I have ever, ever fucking seen. The rematch on the fucking cinder block. Cinder block ring. Fucking insane. But Nick fucking Gage, the god of ultraviolence, is having a hard time taking his boy out. Taking his small child out of the fucking ring. For the GCW world title. This guy's had the title for almost two fucking years. But this tiny little fucking 80-pound kid is giving him a rough fucking go. It's bullshit. I hate it. Can't fucking stand it. So that's that's that fucking show. That's that's that whole fucking show, so to speak. Um, Let me see what else I got. While I pull up this other show, um, let me let me quick. Uh, I want I want to put something out there. Um, what the fuck was last night's uh, Asbury? Hold on, I can't multitask. I wanted to say some other stuff while I was doing this, but I can't multitask. <laughs> uh, 
I got all sidetracked and shit. Uh, there we go. Results. All right. So we'll get into these results in a minute. But what I wanted to say, and uh, shout out to my boy Shaheen, uh, formerly of the Hot Tag Podcast, Nuclear Heat Graphics. Uh, doing wrestling overdose on a weekly basis. Um, check him the fuck out. He's out there killing it on, on all sorts of levels. Um, what I wanted to say, because um, it's become, you know, like a running, a running joke of sorts between myself and Shaheen. And I realized um, when uh, he was asking for questions on his last week's show, on his last week's episode, and Jonathan Stauffer said something... Um, he asked like about something, but then he also added, when are you going to finish J-Cat's Muppet poster? Now, so the way that came off made me feel like I need to clarify this. Shaheen owes me nothing. I did not purchase anything that he has not given me. I have full plans on purchasing both of his already made Muppet posters 100%. I'm kind of in a dilemma right now on exactly how I want to go about it. Um, I really think I want to do the full-size posters. I'm going to need that third poster. And, you know, I may very well commission him to do it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how how I want to go about that or whatever the case is. Because, you know, I mean, shit. I had to put out fucking uh, like $400, a little over $400 for new tires on the fucking car today. And then I got to pay the car payment like fucking today as well. So, uh, you know, this is not a <laughs> uh, excellent financial time and I'm in no rush for it. The, the posters he has already made are fantastic and created. And, you know, whenever it works out for me and there's a, there's honestly to go a little bit further into it, there's a little bit of like a, a remodel of my room that kind of surrounds the uh, the purchase of these posters because, if I'm going to get the full size posters, I want to make this like a one section of my room is all three of these posters, which will take up quite a bit of space, but will look fantastic when they're done. Um, so, again, Shaheen created these two posters as a Muppet fanatic. I told him, hey, dude, like we really need to get like these other characters on a third poster or whatever. And at first he's like, ah, man, I don't know if I want to do a third poster. I'm like, no, dude, like your Rolf is missing and this guy and that guy. And like, I, I had a whole fucking list I shot. I'm like, dude, all of these guys, we need to put all of these guys on here. He's like, all right, all right. But, he, you know, he's out there legitimately making money. The same point that he made on his show is like, yeah, he, he is out there making money off of selling multiple prints of one piece of art that he's putting down. So. Again, this has become like a running joke, a ball busting between us. So when are you going to do that third poster? But I don't want anyone to be mistaken to think that Shaheen owes me anything. Shaheen does great business. He's out there crushing it. If you pay him for something, if you commission him for something, you will get your shit without question. There is there is no nothing being owed between um, Shaheen and myself. And I uh, just I just wanted to just, just clarify that to make sure everybody knows like the the deal on that because I don't want it to come across like oh well he owes J Cat something I don't know if I want to use him for something you absolutely need to use Shaheen for anything you need commissions on this guy's the guy he's out there crushing on wrestling events this weekend uh, you know he's he's all over the place but hit him up you want commissions nuclear heat graphics Shaheen he's doing his thing um so uh, yeah that's that's that um. 
So let's get into last night's fucking uh, deal. Uh, Game Changer Wrestling. And uh, I don't have as full of results of this because some of the shit I kind of tuned out for. Um, Jake Atlas versus Jimmy Lloyd. I don't give a shit. I saw some of this. Uh, I paid attention a little bit and saw Jake Atlas is a very athletic dude. Uh, he seems to be doing, uh, you know, some pretty cool shit out there. I just, I don't give a fuck about Jimmy Lloyd matches. I, I have a hard time paying attention. There's actually one going on right now. It's like a scramble with Joe Gacy and Jimmy Lloyd and, uh, Facade, uh, who actually just did a really cool, like fucking, uh, uh, what the fuck would I call that? I don't know. Like a leapfrog, uh, Canadian destroyer. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. And, and look, Jimmy's done a lot of really good shit. I mean, he, he's really stepped his fucking game up. He's done a lot of good things. There's a lot about like his look, his personality and shit like that, that lands just completely flat to me. So a lot of times when I just see him on something, I'm like, ah, just no interest. But I mean, he has worked his fucking ass off. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bullshit anybody on that. As far as in ring work, the dude has really worked his ass off. I'm not just going to be, you know biased and be like yo fuck everything he does but i i can tell you without a shadow of the doubt uh without a shadow of a doubt that i tune out just instinctively when i see jimmy lloyd in a match um you know and sometimes he's able to do some impressive shit and pull me back in but like his his look his gimmick his fucking persona his his mic work every everything about that is all just like ugh. it just i i can't um Next up, Chris Dickinson, Marco Stunt. This was something that I was very much looking forward to because Chris Dickinson, if anyone is going to do things right with Marco Stunt, it's Chris Dickinson. I, I want Marco Stunt to not exist in the business. That's that's something I, I really want, legitimately. Um, but I'll tell you that this is the right way to work. Um, I, my buddy Paul hated this match. I think this is this was well done. Um. There is still a couple spots that I think shouldn't have happened because, again, I still think that there's only so much offense that Marco should get, period, no matter what the circumstance. Um, but I thought this match was very, very well worked because Dickinson beat the shit out of, uh, out of uh, Marco, and Marco would try to make his comebacks. He would get some offense, some offense, and then get cut off and destroyed. He'd battle himself back, he'd start to battle himself back, and he would get fucked up. Um, at some point, they ran a spot where he just, like, snapped, got a fucking chair, and just started hitting fucking Dickinson. Dickinson took, like, two, three chair shots, maybe three, four chair shots, and Dickinson went to the outside, bladed to sell it, you know, so he's bleeding in there, making it look like Marco really rocked him with the fucking chair. Now, that opens the door for Marco to get future offense. Um, I think it made sense. I think it, it lended um, credibility to Marco getting any leverage on Dickinson going forward. But again, it continued that story of Marco tries, Marco's trying, is he getting momentum? Fucking Dickinson cuts him off. And he was brutal on Marco. He was fucking him up. And I thought this went really, really well. And that's the way the whole fucking match went. Like, just when you think he's getting close, fucking Dickinson kills him. And then it was like, he'd fucking find the little avenue, and then Dickinson kills him. 
and then that was the end, you know, at the end of the match, fucking Dickinson ended him, and, and that was that. I really like the way that this match has worked. I haven't liked the way that any Marco stunt matches were worked thus far because I felt like it was just too much back and forth, too easy for Marco to start getting that offense, to start, um, you know, just doing that shit. Uh, next up was uh, Beast versus Timothy Thatcher. Timothy Thatcher's always been boring as fucking cardboard to me. Uh, and this this is no different. I mean, Caldebeast won. I, I don't care. I just He's just one of those super bland dudes to me. Thatcher, uh, never been a fan. Never will be. Um, yeah, he's in good shape. He does what he does well, but it just doesn't appeal to me. Um, next up was... Nate Webb being the fucking legless guy and Kinkataro and Pinky Sanchez. Uh, fuck all of this. Fuck every bit of this. Uh, I, I hate the legless guy. Can't fucking stand him. I don't like any of his shit. I think his offense is fucking terrible. Nothing about it is believable. You got a guy with no legs doing a 619 and motherfuckers are selling it. He's hitting you with, like, the lack of legs, and you motherfuckers are jumping backwards like he just fucked your shit up. Every bit of his offense looks like trash. He looks like he weighs 60 pounds. Like, so if you just threw, like, a 60-pound fucking, like, heavy bag or, like, I, I have a rec bag that weighs 60 pounds that I've carried, like, fucking five miles, I think, was my limit I, that I, the furthest I've carried it uh, without stopping or any of that. So... It's like taking that and then just like dropping it on you and then like, ah, ah here it comes. And I, someone hits you with the end of the 60 pound bag again. Okay. It's like, how am I going to beat this 60 pound? It's like, cut it the fuck out, man. This is bullshit. I'm tired of hearing about, you know, again, everyone wants to be the nice guy. Oh, but he's so brave. I mean, imagine not having legs. Yeah. Then imagine getting in a fucking wrestling ring and having someone believe that you're fighting another full functioning human being. Either make a whole fucking league like Shaheen had had uh, suggested, where it's Kamala versus Dustin Thomas and a you know uh, fight forever match, where you just fucking they just never ending wrestle. It's just the two of them until you find another legless guy and have your wrestle him too. Uh, Zach Allen has one too many legs for that league, you know. Uh, it's it's just fucking ridiculous. Uh, I I can't I can't honor that at all. Uh, King Kataro is fucking trash to me. I don't know why so many people are in love with that either. Complete comedy gimmick, the fingers in the butthole shit. Like it's, it's not for me. It's not for me at all. You guys are uh, on some complete other shit that I'm not into. So that's, that's fucking that shit. Uh, Pinky Sanchez is a fucking just, I, he, he's a bum. He, he's a straight up fucking bum. This guy has all the fucking charisma in the world. And he just fucking squanders it and runs around and lives like a fucking troll life, bumming cigarettes off of people. And, um, you know, just finding his own shit fucking entertaining. And, uh, you know, again, he's got fucking charisma. He's got the ability to do so, so much in the fucking business. He's held himself back by being a fucking bum who can't get out of New York. That That's that's what fucking Pinky Sanchez is. He finds that cat shit really fucking entertaining. So he'll just be stuck in the fucking... Did this, this silly little circle and uh, you know it, it's a shame to a certain extent but I mean come on you're approaching 40 at this point 
and it, this is still the way you're fucking walking around. Just, you know. So, uh, that that's the deal with that whole fucking thing. Um, fuck that match. Uh, so this is a four-way fuckery fest match. Schlack gets a fucking win. I don't know. It's got to be a fluke. Maybe Eric Ryan was supposed to win, but I think he got a piece of the fucking shopping cart into his body that came like a, a quarter inch from puncturing a kidney or some shit. He landed on a shopping cart and it looked like a piece of the shopping cart was in his fucking body because he needed like help getting off of it. It was fucking ridiculous and fucking sick. Um, I don't think Eric Ryan is a smart guy. I just don't. Um, he had a tangled web match. That was like uh, Ohio's for Killers versus some fucking buddy in CCW years ago. And this was one of his first like big exposure matches in um, on the East Coast. This dude bladed across his fucking forehead that looked like when Lowlife Louie took that fucking pizza cutter across the top of his head from Gage. That's how he fucking bladed himself. It's like nothing hits you in a way where you're supposed to believe that a cut went like mass transit across your fucking forehead. And it was just like the most insane blade job I've ever fucking seen by a guy. It was so blatant and so like over the top, like what the fuck dude? Like no one in deathmatch wrestling would go, Oh, that was a good job. Like he clearly fucked that up and just did like some crazy, almost scalping shit to himself. And like, right from that point, I was just kind of like, yeah, this guy's not that fucking bright. And uh, he's hurt himself a bunch of fucking times doing this type of shit. He's very, very talented as a wrestler. He's another one of those, like, hybrid deathmatch guys who could do, like, better wrestling ability shit than your average guy in the ring. So you can get him together with a cologne or, like, that match he had with the Orin Vite dude. But, uh, you know, they, they, this guy has the ability to do some really great shit. I don't think he has the intelligence to keep himself alive if he keeps doing it. Like, he just about impaled himself on a piece of a shopping cart. Like, I, he, he's gotten injured a lot of fucking times, like, really bad. And, uh, fuck, man. Um, so that was that. Schlack got a win. I'm hoping it was on purpose. And these guys are going to Japan next month. I would really like to see Schlack at a fucking push. He has more upside than, than the majority of the people in deathmatch wrestling between his promo ability, his look. Um, he's an absolute beast out there and, you know, he, he doesn't need to be fucking like the greatest wrestler on the planet in order to be a fucking viable selling point for deathmatch wrestling. So that's just me. Um, next was a five-way match between Alex Zane getting the win over Colby Carino, Grim Reefer, Jordan Oliver, and Teddy fucking shitbag Hart. Uh, so this asshole comes out with a cat again. The cat is trying to climb out of the fucking ring. Um, I hate this fucking guy. I hope he gets fucking hit by a bus. Um, I keep hoping that he dies before the end of the night. And nights keep passing and he keeps living. You know? It, it's very unfortunate. Um, what can I tell you? Um, I, I just... He's an absolute fucking scumbag. It's funny because sometime during this uh, this show, uh, Jimmy Lloyd was on commentary, and he, he said that uh, Blake Christian is like a cat in that ring. Not like Teddy Hart's sedated cat, but like an actual cat. So, like, people are just openly fucking announcing that things. Oh, and another thing Jimmy Lloyd said during the Schlack match, he says, you could tell Schlack's back on a cycle right now. 
Like, why the fuck? Why are people saying shit like this in the ring? On commentary. Why are people burying the fucking guys they're supposed to be putting over in the fucking, on the commentary? Like, if Shaq is doing some, some steroid shit, first off, that should be his fucking business amongst, especially amongst his colleagues. They shouldn't be shouting, like, on commentary, like, oh, this guy's on cycle right now. Uh, what the fuck? I, I mean, it's just so ridiculous. It, it's it, it, does, it makes zero fucking sense. Um... So yeah, um, the the cat looked like shit. The cat's out there just fucking draped on the fucking turnbuckle to, to, at the beginning of the match. He's letting all of his opponents pet the cat with a big like retard smile on his face, like yeah, it's great. I have a cat, right? Isn't this awesome? Uh, and, and they're all just fucking petting the cat and stuff, and it just like again, I I want wrestling for a fight. I, I'm fine with choreographed spots and, and athleticism and acrobatic maneuvers and all those things. I'm able to suspend disbelief for a lot of that stuff. But when it comes to everybody hugging and high-fiving and smiling and petting the cat, the fucking sedated cat, and, and just, like, co-signing all this fucking animal abuse, just so you guys could be, like, really good friends before you guys do a bunch of fucking violent shit to each other, I'm not down. And, and not only that, let's just go right into the fucking facts. Teddy Hart is not a good wrestler. He's never been a good wrestler. Teddy Hart is very talented athletically and is able to do a lot of really good moves. If you notice, you don't see him in many one-on-one matches. He's in a lot of these scrambles and tag matches where he can just kind of grab a guy and do a move. Or he could set he could set up a move where he's doing a move while someone else is doing some other shit. While you guys are distracting over there, I'm just going to get ready to do another move. He doesn't have any kind of uh, psychology. He doesn't have any ability to do anything of... Of legitimacy. He can't work a good match. The only matches that I could flash back to. To say that Teddy Hart had a really good match. Was. His matches with Homicide. And his matches with Trent. Who do you think carried those fucking matches? Two of the best that have ever worked on the independent circuit. And Teddy Hart who does spots in every other single match. Who is known for just diving off the fucking top rope and not worrying about who wants to do anything and just getting himself over. He got himself over first time on the East Coast doing that scramble cage match where he worried about no one but himself. Continued to do moonsaults over there even after losing. And other people fucking hated him and wanted to fight him. CM Punk wanted to fight him. Fucking uh, Karina wanted to fight him. It, it, Teddy's always been about that. That's always been Teddy. Can he do some really cool fucking moonsaults? Oh, man, some of the best moonsaults you'll ever see. Can he work that within a match to where it makes sense? Nope. He's absolute trash. Absolute fucking trash. And, you know, dude's like fucking 40 years old now. Hopefully, you know, at some point he hits the wrong one of these fucking moves and blows his fucking knee out. I hope he Joe Theismann's his fucking bone out of the side of his leg. I hope he shoots his fucking fibula out of the side of his fucking leg. That's that's what I hope. That's what I hope happens. Like real soon uh, on live eye pay per view. Um, where they have to shoot to the shit commentary team and be like, 
like on a, like an Owen Hart moment. Uh, sometimes some things happen, and uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, oh, it's a pretty gruesome scene we have here. Teddy Hart is just, you know, um, Colby Carino is fucking great. Um, I don't know, you know, if he's just learned a ton from his father or whatever the case is, but Colby Carino, I don't think he's been in the business like insanely long, but he's very good. Very, very good. Looks a lot like his father. And, uh, I, you know, I've been like on and off fan of his father. A lot of times his father's matches were very like bland and boring, but, um, yeah, he's able to work that fast paced style. He's pretty fucking crisp. Um, I, I think he's very, very good. Uh, Grim Reefer is a vet. He's been legit for a long time. Uh, Jordan Oliver is fucking terrible. Absolutely fucking terrible. And again, he he looks like a fucking 12-year-old white girl that listens to rap videos and puts a bandana on backwards with her friends and hikes up like one leg of her fucking stretch pants. You know, that's what he comes off as. He's just, he's a cornball. He's an absolute fucking cornball. There's nothing cool about this dude. And his whole shit is sloppy as fuck. But again, this is the product of DJ Hyde training where like, nah, just just fucking tell people you're being held back. Like, you don't have to actually try. You don't have to actually be good or, or fucking finish training or, or, or put out a completed product. Just put out like whatever you feel like is good enough and then just get a bunch of other people to agree with you. And that, that'll be that. Um, so that's that match. Uh, and like I said, Alex Zane is very, very talented. He went over in this match, and then Teddy stood out there putting him over. Like, Teddy does that other thing now because he's such a fucking veteran that, like, he, he fucking stands out there for 20 minutes and tells the fans what they already know. Like, he discovered this guy. Like, oh, let me tell you about this guy. And, like, shut up, motherfucker. Like, we all watch the match, too, and, like, you're not doing yourself any favors putting other guys over acting like you discovered him. Like, go fuck yourself, Teddy. Hopefully he's a million times better than you, learns how to work a fucking one-on-one match, and doesn't use fucking animals to get themselves over with these shitbag fans. And every single one of you motherfuckers, you know, and Scotty Satire, who was on the fucking uh, commentary team, who had to point out, you know, in one of those little threads with the, uh, with the AIDS kid that tried to jump on me, you know, with that bullshit. And he, you know, he jumped on Team AIDS. And, you know, he's, oh, why don't you, why don't you go fucking get mad at a Teddy Hart match for cats or, you know, whatever. Like, again, every single person who, who, who supports that shit and backs that shit and chants for Teddy and chants for the cat and pops for the cat, I hope you die. I hope you fucking die in front of your families, you motherfuckers, because my life is cats. My life is animals. That's what I give a fuck about. I don't give a fuck about your little play sport. Or this cocksucker in his pink outfit that's out there abusing cats. You don't like cats. Newsflash. You don't like fucking cats. If you like what he's doing, you don't like animals. That's like going to the circus because you love elephants so much. You're fucking stupid. You're of lower intelligence. You don't belong on the fucking planet. The animals that fucking belong on the fucking planet and belong uh, deserve to be treated the right way should take your spot in life. They should, they should assume all of your belongings. A cat that's being treated well should suddenly be gifted everything you own, and you should just be erased from the fucking planet. That, that's how I feel about you motherfuckers, and I don't give a fuck who likes me, who doesn't like me. I'm not here for that shit. I dedicate my life to animals. Six days a week, 
past 18 years, I've been taking care of animals, taking care of cats, saving lives, giving cats chances that, that other people have counted out. Cats, people have called cats feral. They're unadoptable. They're this and that. And I work. I get scratched. I get bit. I do every fucking thing I can to save these animals' lives while you motherfuckers are out there cheering for a guy with a sedated cat. You can go fuck yourself. I hope your mother gets cancer, you motherfuckers. That's how disgusted I am by you people. I can't even contain my fucking anger when this shit happens. And you guys just want to keep fucking trying to diminish it and kind of just downgrade it. Like, nah, you know, it sucks. I know. Yeah, I know it sucks. Uh, you know, I know I don't want to, uh, you know, I'd rather he didn't do it. But, you know, eh, what can you do? Fuck yourself. That's what you could do. You motherfuckers, you keep supporting it. You keep popping every fucking time he comes out like it's a great fucking thing. Everyone's reaching out to pet the fucking sedated cat. Go pet your mother's asshole, douchebags. So next up was uh, the <laughs> Daisuke Moto and uh, <laughs> Daisuke Sakimoto and Shane Mercer. Um, this was pretty good. This is a pretty good match. Um, my only criticism here is Shane really needs to work on his striking ability. Um, he was blatantly exposed in the match against Dickinson. And uh, this was another one of these where, you know, when Daisuke would start fucking striking, he didn't strike back. Like, he, he'd try, but then he'd go for, like, the, the cop out of the striking exchange. He's got immense power, insane power, but he just doesn't want to go toe-to-toe with strikes, which is just a shame because... You know, when you see this guy and, like, what a beast he is, and then he gets in there with these other tough guys, and they start fucking, bow, fucking nailing him with forearms and kicks and this and that. He's got a couple for him, but then, you know, they turn it up, and he, he bows out. He tries to go for a power move or something like that, which I know. Power moves are his strength, and there's nothing wrong with that. But a big, bad motherfucker should be able to go fucking strike for strike with anybody out there. So I'd really like to see, you know him pick up like a fucking kickboxing class or something that that puts his shit out there to really put him on the map as far as being able to strike with these other guys um this match was still good i mean take nothing away from what it was um uh sakimoto i think tonight has a match against uh um eddie kingston right now is uh chris dickinson versus homicide uh they they're out there battling um and that that was that uh, Blake Christian, I like wrapped up that match like I was Captain Dave, and uh, that's about that's you know. Um, shout out to Captain Dave, by the way, man. He's hitting his uh school uh his work schedule again, so now he's making apologies. He's not able to attend shows, and he's not going to be available for certain events because he's got to hold up his obligations. That guy is a fucking warrior. He is an absolute beast as far as a fan goes. That is the most dedicated motherfucker out there. He's got to, like, apologize to people. He's not going to attend an event. That is a fucking trooper right there. So, shout out to Captain Dave, man. Um, Blake Christian, also known as Carrot Top, uh, beat Tony Deppin. Another great fucking match. I I really like this fucking kid. Uh, He does a lot of cool shit out there. Tony Deppin is awesome. Uh, Tony really needs to, well, depending on, you know, whether he's wrestling a legless guy or Chris Dickinson or Carrot Top, um, Steppen is, uh, I've said many times, Tony depends. Tony depends on who he's working, if he wants to be taken seriously or not. Um, but he can be awesome. He can be awesome. I think he should be signed somewhere. I think that's going to happen soon. I really do. Um, 
he's got such intensity and ability and uh yeah uh, so uh and that's that's that match uh they're obviously doing something with this uh carrot top kid because they're they're putting him over they put him over Cala Beast they put him over Tony Deppin on the the semi main and then you got the main Nick freaking Sage versus my little dog Pockets Orange Cassidy uh this this is bullshit man 15 minutes complete joke fucking wrestler again i told you earlier how i felt about the better wrestler that is in there that he's able to be you know the things he did with the colony and all of that other shit but uh th- this dude has a complete joke gimmick and this match was drawn out for 15 fucking minutes of the god of ultra violence not able to take down the guy who does the fucking hands in the pocket spots um it's fucking silly. It's it's overall just silly, and um, I'm not into it. I'm not into it at all. And uh, Gage actually hurts his knee sometime during this match. So at the end of a 15-minute match with a fucking joke wrestler, um, the, the fucking ref is yelling where you could hear it audibly, like, don't let him walk to the back on his own. Don't let him walk to the back on his own. He can't stand on his own. Like, that's how Nick Gage, Nick frickin' Sage, is leaving the fucking ring that night. And, uh, you know. So, that that was the, uh, that was the end of that show. Again, Gage comes off from those two fucking shows looking like a very fucking weak champion who's, who's gonna lose his fucking belt. Um... It's just it's just a silly fucking thing. When you've seen this guy go through legitimate fucking wars, this is like a very bad two wins to me. Um, so that's that's the end of that show. Uh, I think that's about all I got. Uh, let me let me see what else if there's anything else I missed. Nah, I think that's about it. I uh, definitely want to give a shout out to uh, Dirt Sheet Dudes over there. They're over there still shouting me out and everything, and I very much uh, appreciate and respect that. Uh, definitely won't leave people out that don't leave me out. Um, shout out to Wrestling Soup. Um, you know, they, they're doing their thing as usual over there. They, they've created a fucking empire. And, uh, you know, I've been listening to their shit a lot. I've been having a lot of conversations with Joe. And, uh, you know, a lot of times I'm watching these fucking bullshit shows on the, uh, the internet over here and, uh, you know, we're bantering back and forth about this and that. So I always appreciate the conversation. It's always a good time. Joe's a good dude. Mish is a great dude. So, uh, but yeah, I think that's all I got. I'm actually getting like a fucking shows almost over fucking warning from these people. So apparently I've run my course on this fucking show. I uh, think I hit all the plugs. I'm pretty sure Sheen, Jeremy, Sue, Dershit Dudes. Yeah, so that that that's about all I got. Maybe I'll check you motherfuckers next week. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm hitting Muppets on fucking Tuesday. Uh, go see the fucking Muppet movie in theaters. Select AMC theaters on Tuesday. 40-year anniversary. See that shit on the big screen. You know what I mean? Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. 
That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good. Like Jesus tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta say because you be blazing people. And I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that part. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. The Cusa Chick Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the back guy. I'm gonna tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no foolishness. 